Hello and welcome to the Gold, Goats, and Guns Market Report for today, Wednesday, the 23rd of August, 2023. My name is Tom Luongo and we have a lot to talk about. Uh, the housekeeping is as follows. Uh, you should have gotten the newsletter in your inbox last night. Um, two different notifications, one a private message from me and one about the, uh, the, the blog post on Patreon itself. I will... Uh, announce it to the rest of the world when I get a chance, depending on how long this one goes today. I have a very busy Wednesday, as always, for a variety of reasons, not just not the least of which it's my time to get away from all this stuff. So that, with that said, um, let's get started, because I have a, a lot to say today, and I want to talk about some things that are probably going to be a little uncomfortable. And, you know, I, I guess that's just the way we work around here, right? It's the way we roll. All right, before we get to Powell and Jackson Hole and we get to this morning's flash PMI crash, it's a very interesting conversation happening on um, a Slack server this morning, and it's part of a more generalized meme, or a generalized thing. There's this feeling out there that somehow Oliver Anthony isn't genuine or that he's the wrong vessel or this or that i i hear a variety of different versions of this you know uh everybody's looking to poke holes and poke and 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 find their purity spiral moment and find their thing that they don't like because they need to have they need to be able to continue to have some i think vestige of control over this uh, over the over the situation as opposed to just Enjoying the moment, we have to self-sabotage in order to try and find some reason to not have hope or to not have this or not have that. And there was a very interesting um, post this morning about, you know, Bob Dylan and Oliver Anthony. And this Bob Dylan talking about, you know, we don't have, um, you know, that... Anthony's not a particularly good musician and you know that kind of sucks to have him as our standard bearer and I'm like well neither was Bob Dylan but at least as I said as I said in response at least Oliver Anthony can sing uh, I I despise Bob Dylan but I'm not a child of the 60s I didn't grow up in that time I didn't grow up during that tumult of that period and I don't have a whole lot of respect and a whole lot of connection to all of that rebellious music of the 1960s, which shaped the baby boomer generation and in many ways shaped a lot of their, um, their misconceptions about one, how potent or how, and are how powerful they are and everything else, you know, the baby boomer illusions about what they did during the 60s still persist today. I, I had to argue when I first started doing this. I've been, I argued, I had people DMing me left and right, arguing that we stopped the Vietnam War and we did this and it was all because of our pro. I'm like, really? Really? Okay. <laughs> you know, like, as you know, you guys were out there fighting in the streets and left us in front of the television sets in order to not my parents, my parents just had to freaking work because of the inflation. Right. But, you know, you're out there burning your bras and, and all the rest of it and, you know, getting high, listening to Hendrix and all this stuff. And, you know, as far as I was concerned, it, to me, my reaction to the 60s music of Dylan, Hendrix, all that stuff was always a, you know, was always just an angry reaction by a child who looked at, you know, looked at it all. Are you out of your freaking mind? Like you neglected the entire world, and then you persist with these these utopian fantasies about how you're going to make a better world all the way, and then you know we're the useful idiots for a bunch of people destroying the monetary system and destroying value and destroying price um, discovery and destroying the culture, and here we are today. Sometimes it takes an artist of limited means and limited skill to just say what needs to be said. This is what I was trying to point out in the morning munchings I wrote over the weekend and then the adaptation into the public blog post. And what I've tried to say here in the, um, in the market reports. Timing matters in art more so than actually the art itself. There is no objective quality to this stuff. 
Like, as a poet, I can tell you the same thing. Like, dude, I, I hate Charles Bukowski, okay? Like, it doesn't work for me. Like, I studied all these people. I studied, I, I rejected everything 60s as a child or as a, as a young adult. You know, when I hit my 20s, my late teens and my early 20s, and I, you know, fancied myself a, a commentator on things. I was so angry with the 60s. It was up, it was off the charts. I still, to this day, will, will tell you things like, I only like about 10 Beatles songs. I despise Led Zeppelin. And that's Led Zeppelin is like the inheritor of all the, 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 the bullshit of the 60s. Like, I, I don't, I, I never liked Hendrix. I never got Janis Joplin. I never got any of this stuff. Jefferson Airplane. All, I never got any of this stuff. Like, individual moments, individual little songs, Buffalo Springfield, you know, those are important those are good like to me eleanor rigby is still the best beatles song ever written and everything else is just a pale compare this is a pale imitation so you know and it's not that i despise all of led zeppelin i like houses of the holy and four other songs and that's pretty much it the rest of it is unbelievably sloppy garbage but that's my opinion because i like precision in my music but I understand the need for this kind of just raw thing. And asking for, you know, 30s big band level of music musicality as your standard bearer is asking way too much because that's actually the entire problem. I mean, I remember Bill Bruford once saying, oh, Ages ago, Bill Bruford, the, uh, the 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 original drummer for Yes and and King Crimson, and one of my personal freaking heroes, said, "You know, look, a big band was the last era um, in music we'll ever have where the best music was also the most popular." And this is coming from a man who you know made a lot of very popular music, and, and you know, and that was his opinion. And Bill was always a very outspoken ass, which is why I love him. Um, and um, I think that this is important. Bob Dylan, outside of the context of when Bob Dylan was Bob Dylan, is irrelevant. Same with Neil Young. Like, And I don't get those guys. I never have and I never will. Okay? I never have and I never will. But I get now why baby boomers love them. Because I see it in Oliver Anthony in our re reaction to it. Whether or not he's astroturf or there's something weird about him or whatever, I can tell you that I've heard from people behind the scenes in the music industry, and they're all like, they're all completely, and you know, and, and, and all of this, that they're completely flabbergasted. They have no idea how to deal with this. And so any, any, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uncertainty you may have or any skepticism you may have is being seeded into the zeitgeist on purpose because they are literally freaking the fuck right out right now. They don't know what to do with this. And it doesn't matter if, even if he was astroturfed in the first place, even if we, even if it turns out that in the end he was, you know, just a, you know, fake. Doesn't matter. The reaction to him is real. This is the thing. This is stand. This is what standalone complexes are. He can be a fake original and still have unbelievable societal effects. And if the people in the audience who think that I should shut the hell up about this and get back to the markets and politics, no. I'm going to stick on this for another five minutes. And I'm going to tell you why. Music is the only art form that exists in a way that our left brains, our analytic brains, do not know how to process. Music is something ineffable. It doesn't exist physically in a way that we can touch with our five senses other than our ears. But we feel it everywhere. Properly listened to. Music should be a whole body experience. And most of what we have today are people who don't even know how to play music, don't know how to sing. Singing and 
playing music together and eating together and all of this is a form of ritual community bonding that transcends all of this noise, all of this, you know, flatland manipulated AI generated bullshit. It's 3D, it's meat space, it's not flatland. And it's real. And if you don't know how to connect to music, I suggest you stop listening to my voice right now, center yourself, and go listen to some. I made it abundantly clear in my article about this. Every time I start losing my way while doing this, six years now, we just published issue 72, folks, of the Gold Goats and Guns newsletter. Dexter and I sat there yesterday and we were just like, Jesus Christ, we're into year seven on this. But every time I begin to lose my way, every time I begin to feel overwhelmed by what they're throwing at me, it's time to jack out of Flatland, get back in the meat space, take off your shirt, go out, stand out in the sun, pick up a guitar, and learn how to make a G chord. Like, or if that's too complicated for you because it takes three fingers, fine, E minor. It only takes two. If you really have a problem, E minor 7 only takes one. And any idiot can do it. Literally any idiot can do it. And if you're feeling happy, make a G chord. If you're feeling sad, make an E minor 7. By the way, you have the template for a song. Because, shit, two-thirds of all freaking country music has been written using at least only two of those chords and the seventh is like way too much freaking theory okay it doesn't matter if they're good musicians technically i don't need another virtuos you know talk to me about the vir- the, the, the 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 virtuosity of all these super bands from the late 70s and early 80s And were they really good? No. None of them have set the test of time. I listen to all of them. And I don't listen to any of them anymore. I'm down to listening to like one or two Yes albums. Nothing. From, I never liked Asia anyway. But all these, this this stuff. Like, guys, it's insane. To hear somebody and hear people talk about how music's not important is absolutely emblematic of just how fucking far this society has fallen. Because that should be like world, that should be rule number one of civilization. First, we play and we play music together and experience it together. Because it's an outgrowth of sharing meals together and hunting down animals together and all of it. It's a body experience, not a mind experience. And it really bothered me to see that this morning. And we have a little too much of the mind and not the body in the community. So I feel very passionate about this. I believe fundamentally that the only reason most of you are here is because me, myself, personally, do a good job of maintaining balance between both the intuitive part, the right side of my brain, and the analytic part of my brain, the left side of my brain, the threat assessment and analytic half of the brain, and the intuitive artist half. And I work very hard to maintain those two things. I work very hard to nurture both of them. I'm going to get done with this market report this morning. I'm going to to upload it. I'm going to send it to you, and I'm going to get behind my drum kit before I go out for the afternoon to then spend an hour with the head shrinker before I go out and play board games tonight. That's my Wednesdays or my every other Wednesday. But I have to do that. And I absolutely encourage you to do something similar. If you do not understand the power and the purpose of music in our lives, if you just think that it's just rank easy manipulation, well, you're, you're doing it wrong. You're just doing it wrong. 
And sometimes it takes a guy playing G, A minor, C, D, C, or G, D, A minor, C, which is all Richmond or North, Richmond North of Richmond is. With a gorgeous voice to cut through the trillions and trillions of dollars of lies and bullshit that have been placed in our path. And the toll booths and the this and the that, all of it. This is the essence, this is the ethos of what Gold, Goats, and Guns is. That's why I'm going on about this for 15 minutes. And I'm not going to, st- and I, I'm not letting this go. I, I, I cannot, I cannot stress this enough. Cannot. Ties into everything. It ties into your faith in the universe. It ties into your religion. It ties into everything you think you are. My dad was a great lover of music. And of course, he had an unbelievable collection of the best and most popular music of his childhood. And he taught that to me. And I thank him for it every freaking day. All right. Let's talk about this ridiculous flash crash we've had in uh, bond yields this morning. We've had another one of those days where, oh, look, the bond markets are moving 12 basis points. 12 basis points. Now, you're going to talk about some bullshit. 12 basis points. Because the European purchase manager indexes came out and they were a little... They were a little bad. Oh, let's bomb the bond markets by 12 basis points. Nobody noticed this morning as the mar- as the U.S. markets were opening, the New York um, markets were opening at 8.30, that the euro was trading at uh, 108.28. And uh, the U.S. 10-year was only off about four basis points. Well, they had to keep going all morning. And I'll bet you I will finish recording this at 11 a.m. when the European markets close. And I will tell you, I can predict that at that moment, all buying of U.S. Treasuries will stop. Now I know that ja- I know that Powell's talking at Jacksonville. I think it's today, right? Uh, I've been so freaking busy, I can't even follow what day Powell's supposed to speak. I think it's probably tomorrow or Thursday. He's usually he's usually on Friday. Usually Jackson holds over the weekend. So you know, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but we've been we've been trying really hard. It's been a really really trying week for me. A lot of work to do. A lot of big, a lot of big things have happened in the last week, and I've just worked very, very hard. So I can't keep up with everything. In some ways, I rely on a, I rely on y'all to keep your perspective, to help me keep my perspective. So, um, this PMI crash this morning and the rally in the bond markets just looks like a mixture of short covering and um you know markets were weak and over and overextended and rates were overextended in one direction we also want to pull them back in i i I can make an argument could be the ecb this morning i can make an argument with the freaking fed like i can see the fed not wanting the yield curve to normalize too much too fast like i can get that you know let's let's keep everything let's keep everything kind of under control you know for before powell goes out on friday and shocks the markets with you know hopefully he'll just come out and do another nine minute mic drop like he did last year or the year before like he did last year that was not that was that was sublime folks that was just just sublime so um but that's that's muddied the charts this morning because they were all much different yesterday uh i'm gonna be speaking on uh for david morgan's uh, I hook, uh, I, one of the things I've had to prep this week outside of my normal thing is I'm speaking for David Morgan's um, mastermind series. He does a, a, a thing once a month with his uh, high-end subscribers, and I'm doing that tomorrow. I'm recording that tomorrow afternoon. I had to prep some slides for that, so I was like, oh, I'll get ahead of the game. And like now all the slides that I prepped yesterday are worthless. I'm still going to have to do it tomorrow morning after I get done with my Newsmax stuff and before I sit down and record. I'm going to have to do redo them all anyway. It's just, it never ends. That's all I have to say. So, um, yeah. 
So Jackson Hole's a big deal. I think Powell's going to set the tone for the rest of the, honestly, the rest of the year. And I don't think he's going to say anything that he hasn't said before. I don't think he's going to shock markets. And I don't think he's going to hint at all. But I can tell you this, everybody imaginable is going to do everything imaginable to misinterpret his words on purpose. It's like the Democrats who are running around saying that, you know, Trump said he's going to move to Russia in order to escape escape prosecution. No, Trump probably just said, you know, it's not, it looks better. You know, right now, the way things are going, it looks better living in Russia than it does here. Like, you know, he probably said something like, you know, and then they just like turn it into, then they turn it into something that's completely untrue. And if you don't think Bloomberg isn't capable of this, you're out of your mind. I will say this, though, this morning, Bloomberg's finally, finally, you know, tweeted out Walter Bloomberg finally tweeted out something this morning that was um that was you know an admission of reality two days before Jackson Hole um it may be that the central banks are not all on the same page I'm just like really you think huh the douche you say okay well you know it's, it's nice to know what, what's important of course is that we know it's we know that's the truth but what what's important is that they're now admitting it and once you, they start admitting it in public, that means that we're getting ready for the next phase of this. And so, you know, every day I watch these markets and I'm like, yeah, okay. Keep buying yourself another day or two or another week or two or whatever it is you have to do. You, you keep doing that, but you're not going to stretch this strength, this thing out, Chrissy, until you get rid of Powell. Like this, they will not be able to keep this going until 2026. And if somehow by hook or crook that they do, the crash that they will engender across all markets is so massive that no one will be spared. Everyone will lose everything. And so now the way they're acting right now, it's pretty clear that that's what they're threatening us with, but they're threatening us with that out of fear that they're going to lose everything. If we just keep saying no. So we just need to keep saying no. And eventually they'll stop. It's what will happen because they will cross a line or a boundary. So, unforgivable that as you know dexter put it in this month's newsletter it'll just be that moment where we have to just remove them from the stage and do something so six sigma that you can't ignore it all right moving on gold so this the only good news about this morning is of course like everything else you can move markets against their will only for so long and so we had this you know ugly accelerating move to the downside on gold for the last four weeks, right? Well, and then we closed last week, as I said, on Sunday, below this, the, the 1893 level. And then, but note, you know, it wasn't really high volatility to the downside. It was actually, you know, less than normal volatility. And so therefore, it was very easy for gold to hold this bottom and then begin moving. Now, here's the big thing. This is an inside bar. Don't look like it, but it's but it is. We're only this morning, you know, eight bucks away from throwing a one bar weekly reversal. And again, on Sunday, I asked the question: Is this a breakdown or a false move? If we get the reversal signal this week, it's the latter, not the former, and that sets up a uh, a good close for August, and then you know, the potential for a good quarterly close in September. So, but, and a lot of people will misinterpret anything that Powell says today is being pointed at gold. It's not pointed at gold at all. Not at all. So gold's up because, you know, the central banks are going to pivot now, right? Because the European PMIs are crashing and Lagarde's going to have to stop raising interest rates. And that's going to mean this, 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 and this, right? Right, right, right. That's what they're selling you this morning. Then why is silver up? Oh, because inflation is returning. But because, you know, um, because they're going to lower interest rates and that's going to be good for commodities. <laughs> okay. So now we have the two bar reversal in silver. Here's the funny part. What did, I, what did I tell you? We had a double bottom here. And then again, we had the same kind of thing for a week downtrend. Did they get a little overstretched down here? Is silver leading things higher? Told you before, leading indicator of the industrial of the tech sector as an industrial metal for the tech sector right that's silver's role this is also part of what i'm going to talk about and david morgan mr silver his investors i'm going to have to go in and say silver's an industrial metal not a monetary metal it's going to be that's going to be fun and i'm not shying away from it either by the way i'm going to i'm actually leaning into it you know 
<sighs> I can't help myself. Um, because it's the, well, it's not just that, because it's the right thing to do, ultimately, right? We, we, we truck in truth here, metaphoric, and, and you know, and, and otherwise, right? So I, I would not be doing my job. All right. So love this. This is amazing. This is really a big deal. This is telling you that, you know, silver should have broke 26 the last time it broke out. But it was a three-bar reversal on a, a ridiculous breakdown that went to new highs that should have continued. But then we, we get a double bottom here. Are you kidding me? We got a double bottom? Okay, fine. Fine. You want to sell me silver for $22 an ounce? You go right ahead. It just, it just means I'm going to have more of it when it goes to 100 <laughs> Like Because these things here are telling you that when this starts, when this finally breaks out of this, it's going to be such a massive formation for me. When you when you move out to the monthly, quarterly, and annual charts, you're going to be like, okay, this is the buy of the, of the generation kind of thing. It goes from the buy of the week to the buy of the month to the buy of the quarter to the buy of a generation. I mean, like, this is how, then the buy of the next five years to the buy of the next decade to the buy of the next generation. This is how things work, things like this work out. So I have been bullish on gold since I've, you know, since it hit a bottom of $248 an ounce. I've never wavered my bullishness on gold. It just depends on what time frame you're talking about. Why? Because the dollar reserve system and the fiat system is not sustainable. That's all. So, all right. Silver's looking great. Bitcoin, not looking great. So apparently um, somebody dumped a whole bunch of Bitcoin on the market and dropped the price. And I don't see it. I don't see a V-shaped bottom here. I see zero volatility. I see zero volume. There's, there is no interest in Bitcoin at this point. None. And I mean, there is, but there's no interest in price moving action. This certainly this week, too many people are shell shocked. We'll see what happens in two or three weeks. We'll see if this, you know, we get a, we get, I don't know that we'll get a V-shaped bottom, but it would be nice to see Bitcoin back in the 27s. But simply put, anybody who wants to buy Bitcoin doesn't have the money to take it higher. It's moments like this that you have to really embrace the idea that Bitcoin is a completely manipulated market. That's complete. It's almost a completely fictitious price. You almost have to um, accept that premise. I'm not saying that it is. I'm not saying that Bitcoin is invaluable. I'm not turning bearish on Bitcoin or the, don't 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 try and interpret my words here. Okay, don't don't do that because that's just dumb. I'm giving you my honest thoughts here. I'm not prepping you for some change in perspective. I'm saying that I've always felt like, not always, but certainly since we've been doing gold, goats, and guns, I've always felt like there's something wrong with the price of Bitcoin. Okay? And that it's always being used, certainly since the, maybe not the beginning of gold, goats, and guns, but the minute that they, you know, started doing Bitcoin futures, I'm like, oh, there's no, price discovery in Bitcoin is going to be going to become less and less and less um, real because you know we're going to create synthetic Bitcoins and once you have synthetic supply you have a synthetic market so it's not undermining Bitcoin it's not saying Bitcoin's not fixing anything it's, it's, no the fa simple fact of the matter is that they feel so strongly that they have to get control over the pricing discovery of Bitcoin means that they are scared of it That still doesn't mean it's not a synthetic market. And that synthetic demand and, um, uh, you know, on both in both directions, both negative and positive demand, are synthetic, not organic thing. This is not a hodlers. I've, t I've told you before, hodlers don't affect the Bitcoin market. They've taken their bitcoins off the market. But if they can create infinite amounts of fake Bitcoins, it doesn't matter if you take your coins off the market. If you don't believe me, go ask some gold bugs and, you know, buy them a drink. Better yet, buy them a cigar. Okay? You, you guys are, you know, the, the hardcore first-generation millennial Bitcoiners are really going to have to learn this lesson. Because us OGs and this shit, we just see it for what it is.
It doesn't mean that we don't like it. It doesn't mean that our fundamental thesis of long-term holding and accumulating real wealth isn't valid. It just means that at times, as Martin Armstrong would put it, it's a trade. Understand the structure of the market you're trading, and then you can make good decisions with it. Moving on. Brent crude. All right, so silver's busting out to the upside. Commodity cost push inflation. Well, what happened? What in the fuck is going on with oil? Why are we throwing a two-bar reversal in oil? Why did oil crash $3 in the last 24 hours over European PMIs? They're still going to buy energy, folks. Like, it's just dumb. I, it, the other day, like, in the same head, set of headlines this week, oil demand is at an all-time high. <laughs> EIA keeps having to revise its estimates of oil uh, of oil demand. And the EIA did on purpose, and the IEA, on purpose under-reported oil demand to help cap the price of oil, help put Janet Yellen's price cap in place. All of this, they've been doing this since the beginning, of the, since you know, six months into the Russia-Ukraine war. They've been doing this for over a year now. And now, not to look stupid, they're telling us, yeah, oil demands, because the, the evidence is in front of them, oil demand is going to keep rising. Oh, and by the way, we've got to, we're curtailing supply. And yet the price is falling this week. I, I mean, I get, I get short, I get short covering. I get, you know, a pullback. I get, I get all that. But to have that, have oil down $3 on this news in the last, I mean, it started yesterday afternoon. In the last 24 hours, but oil's down three bucks. It's an operation. It's a shaping operation. It's all it is. So watch for the two-bar reversal in oil. And if they get it, by God, they may get a freaking waterfall back into the low, the high 70s, which would just be moronic. But, you know, <laughs> clown world. So, all right, there we are. So watch 83.32 on Brent crude for the for the close. If we don't get that close, oil's going to break through the 87 um, barrier real quick, real quick. Okay. Because, but at the same time, right, all roads lead to the dollar. And I told you that, you know, I think this week's um, price action in the dollar, the last hour and a half notwithstanding, because the dollar when I woke up this morning at 8.30, because I am a little late today because I got up late, was 103.80. By the time I got to the chart to put this in as the last chart at around a quarter after 10, the dollar had moved back down to 103.53. Huh, the deuce you say. With a twelve point movement in the bond market, with this, with this, with that. Are 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 are, are you kidding? And the euro was back up to, you know, one oh eight five. It's the best they could do. Serious. We're gonna get a close above one oh three five seven on the US dollar index this month. That's going to be um a major signal down failed reversal signal here two bars down no reversal signal reverse the two bar downtrend within the context of this original um this original bounce basically we have consolidation you know here and now we've got a smaller bounce but but technically significant reversing this bar and then the attempt to break the entire area down in july by janet yellen and christine lagarde and they failed and they failed massively. And now they're trying, now they're holding on for dear life. Okay. All right, Patreon request hour. So let's talk about KLA Corporation or what used to be called KLA 10 Core. Um, I'm not going to go into the, the company too much here. I don't think I need to. KLA 10 Core is a pretty well understood business. Um, it's a, you know, it's a major NASDAQ stock. Um, just want to note, this is a textbook breakout from consolidation. You know, here's the monthly close above these highs over here. Here's the, where, here's the, the psychological $400 level that was hard to, for it to break through. It took four attempts and it finally did so. I'm not saying that that's a 
that's great. But then when it did, it also pushed out to a new all-time high and then got followed through action. And here we are this month getting a little bit of a pullback on general market weakness. It's a 20% rally in its pause. So, and, vol and volume actually looks pretty reasonable. Um, this month's volume is going to be interesting. Uh, valuation, though, you know, PD is now 20. The, the whole sector is, is, is a little rich, but the sector is also bullish. So um, there's no technical damage. So if you're in the stock, if you bought it on the breakout, um, you know, if you haven't lightened up a little bit after a 25% move or, yeah, 25% move off of 400, you're doing it wrong. Um, or, you know, all the way to 525. It's like a 22% move. You should, of course, take a little money off the table, right? Uh, I'm not saying take your like in total initial stake off the table, but take, you know, half of your profits off the table. It's not a bad idea. Or take your profit off the table and then play with other, you know, and, you know, and there you go. And, but, and then you can make some, some, some smart moves. But I would say, you know, in the short run, if you do get a correction, look for this low. It ties in with this high quite nicely. So that should be a support level. Okay. And, you know, it's, looks like it's bouncing above that. All right, um, POW, which is Ammo Inc. Um, the claim to fame on this stock is, oh, they make some, you know, some uh, high, some uh, high, uh, high-end ammunition, but they own Gunbroker, the eBay for guns. So um, they're trading at a presidential cycle low. Um, the gun industry is very much a, tied to the presidential cycle because the Democrats always become the best gun salesmen in the world the year before the election or the year of the election. And we had the summer of violence, which saw, saw um, gun stocks go crazy. Will we get another one in 2024? Very likely. So if this is your thesis at $2, this is a very good spec bet. Um, Biden, however, will be gunning for gun, for gun broker, without a doubt. If not Biden, then whoever comes behind Biden. So tread lightly here. Use this as nothing more than a spec bet to make some money. And then get the hell out at the first sign of either a big pop or any sign of weakness whatsoever. And once you're in, the, once this thing breaks out, you should absolutely immediately dial in to daily and weekly charts to figure out where the, if it goes parabolic in any way, and get out. So many opportunities to make a lot of money in here in the, on the volatility before the blow off top. I mean, sure, the five the five X move is nice, but there's ten X in this chart. So be nimble, be quick. If you're right, do it right. Use the rules I, I've given you. Dial into the week the daily or weekly charts. And stay dispassionate. And don't worry about and don't or, you know, just take the first pop and get out and walk away. No matter. And leave and leave this stuff for the professionals. And just be happy. Hey man, I got a you know, I, I got a I got a four banger. Awesome. I'm out. I got a four banger. I'm out. Never look at the stock again. Never look at the sector again. Walk away from it. <laughs> like seriously. You just made, you know, a generation's worth of worth of returns on that money <laughs> you did good reward yourself go have a steak and get out go have a steak and a cigar and shut the fuck up that's what you should do and that's the way you should play this okay so who to, for whoever sent this into me and this is this goes for so many things but if you're if you're doing a political trade here and guns are going to be crazy this time it's not a bad idea i'm not going to put it in the portfolio okay but it's not a bad, it's, it's, a, it's a good thesis, if that's your thesis. If your thesis is some kind of structural bet on civil war and all the rest, never mind. No, get out. Don't play it. But if you're going to play the Biden summer of violence political game, and then, because eventually they're just going to shut Gunbroker down. Oh, how will they do that? How are they indicting Trump? Is that area you think you're breathing? All right, moving on. The overseas dollar markets. Let's talk about this real quick. Um, so... Yield spreads at the short end of the curve are still very tight at around four basis points, four to five basis points. But the belly of the curve continues to tighten up, which is good. Um, at the same time, oh, look, here we have all this beautiful 
all this beautiful stuff happening. And oh, look, sticks out like a sore thumb, don't it? Don't it? Again, like always, someone's sitting on the tenure. And they just think that if they can sit on the tenure, then they can sit on the entire market. And yet, that's not what's happening. <laughs> They're just overbuying the tenure. So, the 5.7 the is going to invert within the next couple of weeks. And that will completely destroy the idea that the 7.10 should continue to be negative. It just makes no sense. It's pure and utter rank manipulation. Okay. And Walter Bloomberg just admitted that that's what they're doing because they're scared to death. So the U.S. dollar index, when I printed this morning, was the 107. The euro was 120, it was, it was 108.28. It's now 108.50, 108.60. The yuan didn't move. The yen, I don't know that I actually updated the yen over yesterday or the day before. It's still about 145. The big one is that the 10-year Japanese uh, government bond pushed through 62 basis points, which was clearly uh, a level that they were trying to hold on to. So now we're at 67 and rising. This is going to be bad for the euro. This is going to be bad for holding on to this stuff. The ruble is stabled at uh, 94 after the uh, the after Nabulina uh, raised rates significantly. There's a good thesis that we had capital flight, not in dollars out of Russia, but out of Yuan Chinese money was leaving Russia because of the property stuff, the property problems over in China. And that makes sense. So, of course, you know, Putin makes the smart moves, which is to start trying to sit on capital controls and everything else, to try and sit on capital flight, sends Nabilina out there to raise interest rates dramatically. This is going to um, force the Russians into, you know, uh, it's going to give Putin and both, I think, a lot of political cover to get rid of some financial oligarchs that are still working against them. U.S.-German 10-year bond spread has moved out to 1.7%. We're in the clown world now. It's just, it's complete clown world. And the farther um, Lagarde, excuse me, um, keeps pushing these spreads higher, the worse the crash is going to be when the market finally realizes that Europe is not a first world developed market anymore that it's a hodgepodge of third world frontier markets mostly emerging markets with one or two developed markets left and the developed markets france germany italy are all sliding quickly into emerging market status but it's still it's still people are still trading the european bond market as if the european bond market is a developed market they're anticipating when lagarde is going to pivot and go go lower and therefore they're going to make more money on the appreciation of the price in the bond at, even if they're losing money on the spread on the yield curve inversion right they can go into three-month money and get four percent they can go into two-year money and get uh and get three percent but that's just one percent over a year they're they're betting that the price of the bond is going to go up far more than that and that's why the yield curve inverts the way it does that only works if you think that the central bank is going to um, is has enough control over the economy to actually continue to control rates. I don't think they do. I mean, they do in the short term, but eventually they run out of money and they run out of credibility. And then the data keeps coming in and they run out of more credibility. And then, and then, and then more and more. And then slowly over time, you add more and more people into the, the, you know, it's the adoption curve of, of, uh, it's that whole, um, idea adoption curve. It starts with the early adopters and then moves to the, you know, the, the early majority, the, the early majority. And then there's a 16% chasm. And then we get to the, and then we get everybody piles in at the top. We're nowhere near that in terms of, modeling that for the ECB's credibility. We're just hitting the 16% chasm. And we're going to get some pullback from that. They're going to have to it's going to those people are going to have to be proved to a, a second time that the ECB has no has no answers. And that Powell's serious. So this is why these next 3 to 6 months for Powell are so very important as Danielle put it to me in the podcast we did. If Powell can hang on. 
So about my meatball recipe, if Powell can hang on, my meatball, you know, it's like this is what the way way Daniel put it in the podcast, and I think she was absolutely right. But it's about the European Central Bank. And, you know, the PBOC and secondarily and all the rest of it. But this is really about them. Because they're the pretenders to the throne. And we're not. So, and, and but, you know, we're the king. All right. Uh, the U.S. dollar futures curve. Um, if we had published this yesterday, this curve was a lot more dramatic to the upside. That the current um, silver futures curve was um, was flatter than it is today. But this is what happens when, you know, we get intervention in the market. So this is one of those moments where they're intervening at a crisis point. Again, it's a crisis point. It's not, it's not reality. It's just a crisis point. And so therefore, um, this will continue to do its thing. Note, the terminal rate is now 3.8%, up from 3.15% just two months ago. <laughs> Unbelievable. 3.8. Okay? From 5.5 to 3.8. Not from five five and a quarter to 3.15 the whole thing has the whole the whole tenor of the way the markets are trading the dollar and the fed right now is completely different than it was even two months ago so all right moving on last thing to talk about is the dow so again nothing really interesting here with the dow uh, we got the big move down last week right into you know what if you were to draw this tighter and get rid of the the high back here and talk then draw this in at about 34.5 as opposed to 34.8, right? Because that's where that, the top of this range here is 34.777. And this is a little off. Clearly, I'm a little off on this. But if you were to tighten this up a little bit, get rid of some of the extreme extremes and maybe draw the bottom in across, you know, as an average of all these lows and the top in as an average of all these highs, getting rid of this outlier, you wind up with... um. A slightly better looking situation but but the dow is still in danger the danger zone now it's just looking at this can it hold on to the this area and if it does then we can get rid of, we can move higher and we can get rid of the shaded box the shaded box will no longer matter because we'll have gotten a breakout and retest and then the sh and as long as the bottom of the the range isn't uh, isn't um, looked at, or we even get a reversion back to, you know, that violates the middle of the box, the 50% line of the box itself, which is what these lows are in here, then, or roughly, then we can take the box away. And I can tighten up this, I can tighten this up and not show so much data, and then we can just dial in a little closer and just look tactically at what's happening with the doubt. But for right now, it's looking like a false move up, but we'll see. Okay. That's what I have for you this morning. Um, when I go on rants like I did to open this, I do so because I, it's important. Dexter and I have both identified that our primary job going forward is to keep everybody on track, relearning how to think about these things. Okay. And... We're not going to be right about everything we see. I could be completely wrong about Oliver Anthony. I'm willing to entertain that. But I'm not willing to entertain it in the Owen Benjamin way, because somebody posted up Owen Benjamin today, and I'm like, oh my fucking God, that guy's insane. And he's he's kind of right about some things, but he's also just completely insane. And I'm like, and when I start seeing that stuff again, it speaks to what Dexter talked about in this month's newsletter, which is that they're dusting off certain actors. They're dusting off certain people. Sock puppet accounts are getting pulled out of drawers and fired up again on Twitter. Okay, this stuff's real. Excuse me. And um, we have to be hip to that. And we're all primed to hate everything we see and disbelieve everything we see. Embrace hope a little bit. It won't hurt. Black Being blackpilled about everything. And I'm not saying that that's what's going on here with, with, with what we had this morning. It's This is a general comment. Isn't, it doesn't build you for the long term. 
to to do to, to to win the fight that you're actually trying to that you're actually engaged in. Okay, it's hard. It's hard to keep your perspective. You just want these people to just well, you'll just leave us alone already. No, they will not. They will not. All right. And we don't have to have real champions. We can create champions. We decide what something means, not them. We decide how art speaks to us, regardless of the form and how it moves us. And if you believe that they're capable of, like, I don't care about, I don't care about this. I need the person to not only be right, but be right for the right reasons. I have zero tolerance for this. For those of you who know, and you know, why I don't speak to most of my family, it's because of that. I'm extremely sensitive to this. So, and if you are too, then I have some advice for you. It's irrelevant. Why someone is what they are or did what they did is not nearly as important that they did what they did. Constantly questioning someone's motives for doing the right thing is the path to the purity spiral because it's a, a statement of distrust. It's a statement of I'm in fight or flight mode. I'm doing threat assessment. Uh, when you see something overwhelming that's a Six Sigma event and a positive, take the fucking win. And don't self-sabotage it. There are plenty of false Pyrrhic victories that are going to be, you know, put in front of us. All right? This is a marathon. It ain't a sprint, folks. All right. I'm out. You guys be well. You take care. We'll talk soon. Keep your stick on the ice.